Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast postgame show. The Hawks lose to Brandon Hagel and the Tampa Bay Lightning 5-2. I'm Jay Zawoski, Greg Boyson to my left, Mario Tirabasi to my far left. We're presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free dope merch shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet using that code CHGO. So, fellas, for the second night in a row, the Hawks go up against a Stanley Cup contender, and for the second night in a row, they get their doors blown off. <laughs> hey, and, they scored. Uh, we are seeing just how far away the Hawks are from contention and boy, that was uh, that was that was a an outright slaughter from start to finish. Yeah, even though they scored, and it looks better. I called it. <laughs> even though it looks better than last night on paper, it was uh, honestly the it was a more lopsided game than we saw against the Panthers yeah. in favor of the Lightning, which it just blows my mind. But yeah, to your point, Jay, this is just these past few games are just the the measuring stick of like okay how far away will this rebuild be it's going to be some time and it yep. takes some time yeah, there there were some moments there you, that you you could appreciate the hawks effort they were down two nothing on the road you were like oh well you know yeah what else is on they fought back, and then yeah. uh, then they they tied the game they had that weird moment where they stopped the play to review the that Seth Jones to confirm that was so it. weird so to confirm stupid. it did not go in right like hold on hold on like why did yes, you it just did not go in wait till the next stop of the play <laughs> but then right after that they scored and then uh the, you know then the, the start of the second period they they came out really good in the start of the second yeah. period they had some chances they don't like to shoot the puck very often, well, which that, is a yeah. problem. Um, and then Tampa was pretty much like, you know what? We're done screwing around. We're just going to, you know, we got it from here, boys. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, we're it was gonna... Ross Colton. Ross Colton. <laughs> it, wasn't the, it wasn't the Tampa, you right. know, the headliners. Well, it was Vaunted Ross Colton. Oh, the third line. <laughs> My goodness, the third if, line. If the third to, line of all time. To, yeah, I mean, you know, Tampa, Tampa won Stanley Cup solely on their third line no. is what I heard tonight. Had Brother. nothing to do with uh, the best goalie on earth and uh, Nikita Kucherov and Steven Samkos. Nothing. Nope. And Just that third line. Just that, yeah. that third line. You got to have a third line. All right, well, let's look at some of the ugly numbers. Final score, 5-2. Brandon Hagel putting the... Extra heartbreak factor and the empty netter <laughs> shot attempts 69 to 38 nice. in favor of Tampa. <laughs> That's very nice. Shots on goal 43 to 23. Uh, if you're not sure, these are all in favor of Tampa. Yeah. Five on five scoring chances. Listen to this 40 to eight. <laughs> and five on five high danger chances. 16 to 4. How did they only lose 5 to 2? It's unreal. And, and eight scoring chances at 5 on 5 in a 60 minute hockey game. It's not going to get it done. <laughs> oh my That's, god. Well, look, they Mario, you mentioned it. They had several quality looks that they just chose to pass up for some reason. Yeah. And this has been a trend for the Hawks not just this year but for years where they've got an opportunity to shoot the damn puck and just opt not to. We saw it from Alex DeBrinkit, of all people. We saw it from Seth Jones. Seth Jones was wide open in the slot, has a free look at the goalie with time and with space, and then dumps it into the left corner, uh, puts it at the feet of, it might have been Kubelik. I forget who, it doesn't even matter. because right. It was Radish, actually. 
um, and just nothing happened. There are so many moments like that, and when you're up against a team that is taking you to school like the Lightning are doing, if you get a prime look, take it. It doesn't even have to be that prime of a look. Yeah. Look, look how they scored their first goal. Don exactly. just threw it at the net with some traffic, and holy smokes, it went in. It's weird how that works when you shoot the puck. Yeah. Sometimes, it, sometimes, hockey, sometimes hockey can be complicated and intricate and analytical, and sometimes you just need to throw the puck at the net and see what happens. Yep. And with exactly like with Dehan's goal, that's he just. I'm sure he wasn't looking to score, you know, unless he thinks now he's got the hot stick. But so like, he saw traffic in front and said, yeah. "Hey, if it doesn't get through, maybe it takes a deflection off a knee pad and goes in deflection, but, rebound, you, yeah, anything. You just cause that's you just." Take advantage of what's given to you. These guys are constantly trying to create plays that just aren't there. They're trying to make these highlight reel passes that aren't going to happen. They're down two, four to two late in the game with the goalie pull. They got an extra attacker, and they're still passing the puck around the zone. Shoot the damn puck. Yeah, and in the third period, by the way, is a good indicator. The Hawks entered the third down four to two. Halfway through the third period, 5-1 in terms of shots for the Lightning. The Hawks... We're not doing it. Stu Grimson said it during the second intermission, and I've really liked what he's done, by the way. Um, you got to kind of start taking some chances, some calculated risks to get some scoring chances. And if you're 10 minutes in and it's five shots to one, you're not doing that. Right. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's really frustrating. And yes, this is a true Stanley Cup contender, obvious back to back Stanley Cup champions with a good of chance, a, as good of a chance as anyone to win their third in a row here, but you've got to give yourself a chance. And when those opportunities are there, take them, do what you can to take them. And I think that can be the indication of a team that is struggling. That's low on confidence saying, look, if we're going to score, it's got to be a highlight real goal. The problem is the Hawks don't have the personnel to execute highlight real goals. Like they did five, 10 years ago. It's been, it's yeah, it's been something this team has been, uh, conditioned to do for a, a number of years where, you know, they're, they're, what was it? They had four, four shots on their first four power play opportunities. It was, it was four. I checked in between the, in the second intermission, they had four power plays, four shots on goal. Granted, one of them went in, but then when sure. you looked at Tampa, they had two power plays. One of them was only for a minute. So three minutes of power play time, they had five shots on goal and two score, two goals. So, so yeah, shoot, shoot, shoot. Sh sh taking opportunities to shoot, no matter if it's you know a, a a beautiful cross crease one time shot or it's just you know a, a puck at the net that takes a takes a deflection, gives up a rebound, something. Uh, it's 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 worth it. So and and I think. For a long time, you know, the, the Blackhawks used to have a, a power play of Taze, Kane, Sharp, Hosa, Keith, and you could, you know, globetrotter your, your way to a, a beautiful scoring chance and, and capitalize on it. But now they don't, like, like you said, they don't have that personnel, and they're still trying to set up the most beautiful scoring opportunity when you're a team that just needs to get whatever you can, whatever you can take. You don't have to sit there and, you know, take, an entire minute to, to get one good opportunity. Like sometimes you just got to just make your own luck, get a throw guy, it at net, get a guy. You've got an extra guy. Take that extra guy, put his ass right in the goalie's face <laughs> and don't move and shoot from the point. It's so simple. It's That's so all simple. you got to do. Yeah. yeah. Everybody loves the Alex to bring one timer from the circle, but 
asses in the goalie's face and shots on the net. That that will work a lot more. It's often. harder to stop. That that shirt. That's our next shirt. That could that be a shirt. Merch. Ass in the goalie <laughs> yeah. face. That's my power play strategy. So here's what we're talking about, right? Riley Stillman had four block shots. Kelvin DeHaan had four block shots for the Hawks. Two tops on the team. Tampa as a team had seven block shots. Oh, God. You're not shooting enough if that's the case. If during 60 minutes the opposing team blocked only seven shots, you're not shooting enough. That's insane. And I don't feel like the zone time, and this is something we could probably look up and I probably should have done, but I'm a hack, as everybody knows. Um, <laughs> the zone time didn't feel super staggered to me. No. Not at least relative to the numbers we're seeing. No. And, and and yeah, at five on five, it really seemed like the game was a little bit more even as far as you know game, the, the flow of everything. It didn't. It's there were a few oppor- there were a few times where Tampa had more sustained time, um, but it wasn't it wasn't as extreme as you know forty to eight and five on five scoring chances that Tampa was favored for. Um, so so yeah, I mean it it, it just seemed like. You know, it's it's a Tampa team that's so talented that can just make the most of opportunities. And and credit to to Kevin Lincoln and like you know this is what the third or fourth game in a row where the Blackhawks have given up like forty or more shots. And Kevin Lincoln and Colin Delia have have made in the upper thirties and forties of saves, trying to do their best to keep this keep the team in some of these games. And yeah, you, you know, you give up four goals, but like. You're getting shelled like that. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, he's Denny Lemieux from Slapshot out there, just <laughs> screaming and hallucinating and seeing ghosts because <laughs> it's just everything is, it's just constant. It's a constant barrage of shots getting through. And unfortunately, it's too late for him to say, "Trade me right <laughs> yeah, now." Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, boy, yeah, it's you who, know who owns Hawks? <laughs> <laughs> who owned the Hawks? Yeah, it, it, it's we're seeing. Look, no, no, nobody expected the Hawks to win these games against Tampa and against Florida. You knew they're coming up against two of the better teams in hockey. The losses were expected. I will say, effort-wise, it seemed to be there. It's just that mindset of, look, we've got to stop thinking we're this top-tier team that can make highlight reel Savardian goals all the time and just start throwing the puck at the net. Because when they do that, they get some success. And that's how you're going to stay in these games is – those fluky bounces here or there that are going to go your way. When you get those opportunities, take them. And and I'd love to see, like, we were trying to find it during the game, where the Hawks rank in terms of power play shots, or maybe even a better question would be shots per power play. They've got to be towards the end of the bottom of the league there because it's just pass, 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 skate backwards. You pointed out, Greg, on Twitter, how yeah. far backwards can you go How many on this times power can you play? pass backwards in one yeah. power play? They're, they're trying to set the record. And I get, I get the slingshot is the new kind of stylish oh, power play. I hate, play I, hate I hate it. I hate it so much. It, it takes yeah. time off oh, the my power God. play. Because what's the point? Okay, you pass it back to the, to the point man who then skates the centerized, stops, passes it back behind him again. Just get the damn puck in the zone. You got an extra guy out there. Yeah. Use it. It shouldn't be this difficult. Not at this level. It shouldn't be. Uh, What what I wanted to find out, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I wanted to see the correlation. My thinking is that the teams that are in the top 10 in power play in the league also are in the top 10 of power play shots, where the bottom 10 teams in power play percentage are probably 
bottom Lower. of shots, but I couldn't find anywhere on the interwebs. Apparently, that's not something they track. I could. You'd think with all NHL the graphs and whatnot. NHL yeah. tracks what type of shots. I could tell you exactly how many wraparound attempts the Blackhawks have had this season, but not how many power play shots, which blows my mind. That should be a very easy. It's on the, it's think on the be, event yeah. summaries of every game. How is that not a column on NHL.com slash stats? I, that's a very good but question. Maybe I'll do some research uh, this weekend and see if I can find that because I bet you I'm right. Uh, if this was if there was a points bet app bet <laughs> on this, I would take that I'm right. That the teams that shoot more on the power play score more on the power play. I know it's a weird concept, hmm. but I'm willing to bet that that's how it goes. And Blackhawks just refuse to shoot. I feel like like one of those guys in the 300 level. I mean, shoot! That's yeah. what I want to scream. I mean, every you, time. you make you. I mean, people make the joke about it, but sometimes, sometimes you need. Sometimes sh- it's yeah. right. Sometimes <laughs> right. they force us to yell shoot. Right? At them. Yeah. It's 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 maddening, and to beat a team like the Panthers or to beat a team like the Lightning, you have to play a simple hockey game. You have to get those quote unquote greasy goals. You gotta goals. get a, a, a shin pad goal, something. Because you're if you're if your game plan is to go out there. And try and play run and gun against the Tampa Bay Lightning, you're gonna lose five to two and get outchanced forty to eight or whatever it was tonight. This is exactly what's gonna happen. So you need to change your mindset and say, hey, in order for us to beat any team on any night, that's the thing. Not just Tampa, the Buffalo freaking Sabres, we're gonna have the Arizona Coyotes in our building on Sunday night. Let's just play a simple game. And try and score some goals from in close. Get some rebounds. Get some bodies to the net. I don't. This. I don't know what it is with this team for years. This isn't a problem on this road trip. This isn't a problem this season. We got too many guys that just want to play on the perimeter, and yep. not enough guys to go in between the dots and get a few bruises to score a goal. Well, fortunately, it looks like uh, Kyle Davidson sees that problem and. If you look at the moves he's made, they sort of reflect that. He wants guys with a willingness to engage um, Lafferty and, and Radish and, and Kachuk and the, and the people he's brought in seem to play that kind of game. And anyone who observes the Hawks for any extended period of time has seen that for years. There's too many Nylanders. There's too many passengers. Uh, there have been, anyway, on this team. And when you, when you are not overly skilled, you need to win games through grit and through determination and simplicity – and I think when Derek King took over, that was sort of the first thing that that changed, right? You started to see in the Hawks just kind of just go out and play hockey the way you know how to play it. Keep it simple, pucks on net, yada, 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 and it works. But then as the season goes on, and look, these guys are human. You know, they're not hockey robots, and there is a psychological element to the game, and they're squeezing the stick too hard, and all those buzzwords that have been used in hockey for years. But at some point, and we've all praised Derek King – at some point, the coach has to get in the ear and be like, shoot. If I see you pass up a shot in the slot, it's a bag skate or it's a fine in kangaroo court or whatever. There's got to be some way to get that message through, through a drill, through something to get these guys thinking shoot first because it's the only way they're going to be able to hang when they've got so few scoring chances as it is. When you get them, take them. Well, and we saw it with a player like Kirby Doc, who I feel like the fan base has – lost their mind over yeah. the, over over his ability or over his inability to think of shooting first and you know he took some time at uh you know earlier in this season and addressed like yeah I need to you know have more confidence in my shot shoot more and he started doing it 
and he started scoring a little bit or or he would get up you know he would he would get some some scoring chances that would turn into you know rebounds or another chance whatever it was it was working and then it's kind of trailed off for him now so it's just i think the the biggest thing with this Blackhawks team that we're going to want to see through the rest of the season to carry into next season is just a, a consistency of effort because they will like you said they're not going to out talent teams. They're going to have to outwork them, out you know, out effort them. And against a team like the Lightning, you're going to have to do that for 60 full minutes. You can't just do it for 15 minutes at a time. You know, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. You have to do it for the full effort. So you want to see the Blackhawks have that kind of sustained 60 minute effort. Um, and it's just we're just not at that point yet. We don't. They don't have the they don't have really the the makeup or the know-how to put an effort like that together for a full 60 minutes we're seeing it in spurts we've talked you know Derek king talked about how they're seeing little little pieces of you know little flashes of of the team being being able to do that um but it just has to come together in in a full effort and until the until they can do that it's it's you're gonna have to hope that they can just kind of run and gun for you know get maybe get some punches and bunches like two three goals in a couple uh couple minutes and have that stand for a game it's not sustainable but no. that's their best hope right now let's let's spend some time on kirby doc because you brought him up and we saw a moment in this game where he had a breakaway and got caught from behind by zach bogosian known <laughs> speedster zach bogosian how many how many of those speed Fleet of foot. How many of those? That that's three time defending speed competition winner at the All Star Games. Yeah, Bogosian, right? Yeah, often no. compared to Pavel Bure. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, no, that's that's not good. I mean, and we we actually looked because we were saying maybe he was at the end of a shift. We went back, looked at the shift chart, shift chart, and it was only thirty seconds into a shift. So he should have had plenty of gas in the tank at that point to break away. And even if he did get a step more than he got. You saw again him stick handle himself into yeah, submission, he, where Vasilevsky's like, "Well, he's a foot away from me, so I'm just going to take away the bottom of the net, and there's not much he can do." Over stick handling, trying to do the tuck move, thinking too much. That's been his problem. Elevate the. How many times have we heard Eddie Olchek say it? Elevate the puck and shoot, and someone's chasing behind you that can put that rebound in, or maybe it goes off a skate. A la Nicoletti or a butt, a la Nicoletti in the playoffs <laughs> against the Kings, right? You never know, but if if you barely get a shot off, you're never going to know. And and I, the more time that goes by, we've talked about Doc a little bit this year. Here I go qualifying things. Um, <laughs> we talked about jar. off the air. Order in the jar. Um, it's just the inability to finish is becoming more of a concern every game for me. And I don't know. I just. When I saw him get that chance, I said, boy, him scoring a goal right now would be so huge for the team, so huge for his confidence, and he literally skates himself into submission where he's got no move to make except for nicely pinning the puck up against Vasilevsky's pad. Kirby Dock in his rookie season played in 64 games, had eight goals, 15 assists for 23 points, and was a minus one. This season he has played in 64 games, he has eight goals, 15 assists for 23 points, and is a minus 13. Where's the development? There's, There's been none. No, there's been no progression. We're seeing the same, the same things we were concerned about at Kirby Doc that rookie season. We're still talking about almost at the end of his third pass, season. Passive. Um, no, no, he's not aggressive. He he shows flashes, but he plays like a perimeter player. And he shouldn't, which be. is what he is, shouldn't be doing. You, right. You're six foot four. I would kill to be six foot four and two hundred pounds. Yeah. You know what I would do at six four, two hundred pounds? Shoot the puck. 
I'd get my ass in the goalie's face. There you go. Attaboy. I'd listen to Attaboy. Coach Attaboy. Greg. Attaboy. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean it's it's you know, he has the 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 physical stature to be someone who should be able to go into corners, play behind the net, play in front of the net, really get physical. Is he modern is he modern day Eric Daze with less oh goals? Oh god. Because that was Eric Daze's problem, if you remember. Yeah. Because I mean, Daze's maybe. biggest problem was he came in during Eric Lindros's height of his career, and then the Hawks get a big guy, and he didn't want to go anywhere near no. the front of the net. Yeah. I, he needs. Well, especially for a guy in Doctor that was supposed to be a center. He doesn't play like a center. And we know he could take a hit. We saw it last yeah. night. He could take a hit and get back <laughs> up. Marcus Kruger, too. So points. how about you, you take that hit? Well, he takes too many of those hits because he's always by the freaking boards and not in the middle of the ice. Right. Uh, there was a moment in this game where he was in the crease. Uh, there was a uh, loose puck, and he just got out-muscled by everybody. Dude, you're big. Reminder, you're a big right. guy. Like I want to send him tape of prime Jeff Carter. And be like that, dude. Be dude, him. Yeah, exactly. Be that guy. There's no reason he couldn't be a Jeff Carter type player. Carter's a little more filled out than he is, but Doc is still what 20, 21? 21. There's room to grow physically and and muscle wise. Watch those guys play. It's crazy to me that, and I I, I might be just completely wrong here, but it's crazy to me that a, a guy who's been and I know he was hurt. But someone who's been in an NHL strength and conditioning program for three seasons to still be kind of like lanky at 6'4", 200 plus pounds and like not be able to kind of elevate his physicality to the NHL level that I think he should be at as a, a three season pro now. It's it's crazy to me. I I, I don't understand how that's. I d- I just want to know what has Kirby Doc gotten better at since his rookie season? Faceoffs? No. No. Has he gotten bigger? No. Has he gotten faster? No. Is he scoring more consistently? No. And you know I, I I'm really afraid that his entire development was botched by Bowman rushing him to get here. And there's nothing that can be done about it. Sam Bowman's fired. He's gone. So it is it is what it is at this point. But the team unexpectedly sort of gets a number three pick. Like, okay, here's your chance to jumpstart a rebuild. And from what we're seeing from Kirby Doc right now, we're talking a, a if I had to put a ceiling on his career at this point, good second line center. And that's just not good enough for a guy who was picked at three. It's just not. Yeah, no, he, uh, I mean, and to his standards, he had a decent game tonight. But, yeah, that's right. But, if this is if this is what we consider a good Kirby Doc game, yeah, then that's a complete the, swing and a miss at the number three overall. The standard pick. the standard for him needs to be higher. Exactly. And, if this and is how I'm, we can agree and say, hey, Kirby Doc played good tonight. He had an assist. It needs to be better. And I've been I've been willing to give him a uh, some leash this season, knowing that he was coming back from a you know a difficult injury and basically an entire lost year of development. But we're now 64, 65 games into the season. Mm-hmm. It's the, 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 the leash is, is tight now. Like, you need, to, you need to start showing some development. And, I mean, I, I thought at the beginning of the season, his, ne- you know, his next contract would be somewhere in the, you know, like three, four million range or something and have to – he's nowhere near that. No, I'd nowhere give, I'd give that. him th- four million total for two years. Right. <laughs> it's the, the, the thing that's even more disappointing about that, because if you remember – the COVID pause, and then when he got to the bubble in the in the playoffs, that that playoff series against Edmonton, 
it was like, wow, this is mm-hmm. actually pretty good. This is what we were hoping to see. Yeah. And then nothing came from that. I his, mean, yes, he got hurt the next season. And it was just like, whatever guy that was playing in the Edmonton bubble wearing number 77, let's trade for that guy. Yeah. Because that guy mm-hmm. was pretty good. Really? Right. He's hasn't been, ever since Vegas knocked him out of that bubble, that guy has completely disappeared. In his last 10 games, Curry Doc has three points. Are they all assists? Yep. That's not yeah. good enough. Yeah, it's it's this this is someone who who came into the organization and a lot of people were making Jonathan Tays, Ryan Getzlav comparisons. And I mean, geez, I would take Jonathan Tays and Ryan Getzlav right now as a comparison for Kirby Doc because yeah. that would be a higher ceiling than what he has. Well, yeah. look, I took a lot of heat on Twitter from a particular outlet, our buddies at Faxes from Uncle Dale, for saying that Kirby Doc's skating style reminds me of Alex Tuck. Uh, right now, would you make a trade, Kirby Doc, for Alex Tuck? Absolutely, Done. you would do that. <laughs> I would drive young Mr. Doc right to the Absolutely, airport. you would do that. And I I didn't think, even entering this year, if you asked me that question, I'd say, hell no. Kirby Doc's number three overall pick. We've seen flashes of goodness. I won't say greatness, but goodness from him in the playoffs before. I'm not giving up on Kirby Doc, but I have flipped so much. Look, if you go back and listen to past episodes of this podcast or the Madhouse podcast, you can hear... My optimism just mm-hmm. ramping down on Doc because I'm an eternal optimist. I just I always look at the positive. This is the way I am, and I'm really having trouble convincing myself that he's going to develop into anything close to what we thought he's, he was going. Because he's not showing us any signs. He's the same guy he was at rookie season. We're at the as Mario pointed out, and we're at the, almost the end of his third pro year, and he's the same guy he was when he made his NHL debut. Well, that's that's not concerning. That's flat out disheartening. Well, let's t- I mean, let's get into this a little more, too, because as I'm thinking about this, as we talk, who are the Hawks prospects that have developed really well? One of them played for Tampa tonight. Yeah. Brandon Hagel is one of them. <laughs> right. I mean, Jan Ruda. Um, <laughs> but Philip Kurashev, yeah. has there been much growth in his game? I mean, I will say, all right, even though he was a healthy scratch two out of the last three games, Mackenzie Entwistle's developed, Entwistle's developed nicely over the last three seasons between sure. the Ice Hogs and here, but he's not a star player. Right, but what's his potential, right? Right. His, I feel like, he, is, he is what he is right now. This is what he's going to be, I think. But I feel like Entwistle's development was almost based on the way he plays and the expectation was just to grow, just mm-hmm. grow physically. And that would sort of be when his body was NHL ready, then he would make it to the yeah, NHL. I mean, well, let's play the game. Where is his on spot on the ro- championship Hawks? Right. Rockford. Rockford. Yeah. Right. Rockford. No, Indy. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, uh, yeah. um, not, not really. There's not a lot of guys you could say that to. Now we're going to maybe get some, because again, Stan Bowman, no longer here, thank God. Development was never something he cared about. Right. The, the, he never the, wanted. The, he never had the patience. The plan for development seems to have changed. So we're going to instantly see, with we're going to see guys like Ian Mitchell, who got a lot of NHL time last year, who's played twice in the NHL this year. Uh, we talked about Lucas Reichel and the patience, rightfully so, with him. Mm-hmm. Some of those young defensemen, you know, Wyatt, Wyatt Kalnuck is a guy that got a lot of got a taste last year. Not so much this year. Not at all. Well, yeah, exactly. He hasn't. <laughs> Did he play, has he played a game, Kalanick? I don't think at the NHL. No, maybe mm, one. I feel like there was a ha- maybe two or three. I know he's been called up a couple of times. I don't know if he actually. Yeah, does. I think that's uh, what's confusing. Can... Anyways, yeah, I, I I think what we're what we're seeing now is a more patient uh, approach with development. It's what 
they're going to need to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jay, to your point, like Philip Kurashev is a lot like Kirby Doc. He's kind of the same player that we saw last year and haven't really seen much upward trajectory with him. Um, and yeah, Mackenzie Entwistle, he's, he's, his, his ceiling is like role player and he's kind of reaching it. Is he going to be more than, more than a, a third line guy? I, I don't, probably not. I don't, th- I don't think he, I don't think that, he pan, no. I don't think he, his trajectory is anything higher than that. So yeah, it's good to see that he's in, he's gotten, you know, an NHL, an extended NHL look and he's, and he's gotten that time, but I don't really know how much more he can develop into what he, or what the Hawks will hope he develops into. Um, and how, how about the goalies? Kevin Lankinen, Colin Delia? If anything, they've both regressed. Yeah, yeah, Lankinen for sure. And I think that's a product of inconsistent playing time. Sure. Um and and Delia, I think he's kind of plateaued. I think this is this is what he is. He's an NHL backup, AHL starter, kind of tweener. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean I I, I really don't think that they we've we've really seen much development with the players that you would have expected to develop or hope to develop. And now it's kind of on the new regime to fix the, fix the development problems that Stan Bowman uh, and, and the former front office had with, with you know what team. we say to that? Hop on the ride. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Don't lose hope people Hop on the ride. Hop on that development ride. We it's going to be it. sweet when we get there. I see we get a couple people in the, in the chat discussing that that draft where Kirby Doc was taken third overall. And a lot of people I like to say, oh, the Hawks yeah. should have drafted Mo Sider. He was right there for you. Sure, they should have, but you also got to remember. Hindsight is twenty twenty. That, yep. and Eiserman was torched for taking Sider where he was. Everybody thought he was a reaching big time. The, the, he was projected to be a second-round pick or a late first-round pick at best. If the Blackhawks were going to be picking a defenseman with that third it pick, it was Byron. going to be Bowen, Bowen Byram. Absolutely. 100%. No yes. one had Sider on their, no on one, their radar. When, when, no when he was taken, well, he's taken seventh overall, sixth, sixth. Oh, sixth overall, people were like, Steve Eiserman's lost his damn mind. This is a second-round pick. So, yes, if you redo that draft, Mo Sider is probably, probably, num- probably, probably number three. Yeah, because, I mean, what, do you, what was it? Or, or he might even be two behind Jack Hughes. Right? Well, yeah. It was, it was, I mean, yeah. It was Hughes, uh, Capo Caco. That's right. Yeah, he'd and be then, two. He'd be two. And then Doc. You could make an argument he'd be number one. Yeah, depending on who you ask. I mean, he's definitely right. so higher than he that was. That was considered being. that was considered a reach by Eiserman. That's yeah. turned out to be gold. Yeah, I mean, hindsight in that draft class is going to oh, you would redo is going that, to kill Kirby Doc. Yeah, that whole top ten outside of like Cider and Hughes could probably be reshifted because mm-hmm. it. I mean, I was I was beating the drum for Alex Turcotte, and he's he's been buried in L.A. But that's kind of who I wanted to. Yeah, um, <laughs> I wanted fairness, but I, but I, I mean, I wanted Byram. I mean, guys I like guys like Zegris and Boldy and yeah. Cole Caulfield's turned a corner. Yeah, um, you know those 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 guys have really uh, not done any favors for for Kirby Doc and and the the outlook that people will have for his development. But I think you know early on that was kind of a knock on him. People calling him a bust. I was like, ah, you know, give him some time. I'm not calling him a bust, but I'm. Again, like I said, I, I the time I've been, you know, lenient with him is is run short. Yeah, now. overdrafted. He's, there's no question there, right. and that's not necessarily that's not his fault. But no. you know, he's Kirby Trubisky. <laughs> Kirby, wow. it's not his fault. He was picked where he is. 
the 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 I fact guess. that Hero was picked where he is is probably going to unfairly influence his analysis because look, when he was picked, everyone said that's too soon for Kirby Doc. Everybody thought that. Yeah. So if he was picked at six, seven, eight, okay, maybe yeah. you could sort of justify this development, but he wasn't. He's picked at three, and that's what we have to go by. By the way, a couple of people in the chat bringing up Kirby's brother Colton, who the Hawks drafted uh, in the twenty twenty one draft, sixty second overall. With Kelowna this season, 53 games, 24 goals, 35 assists, 59 points. Uh, he is lighting it up in Kelowna in the Western Hockey League. So yeah. let's pump the brakes. But lots, what they need lots to of do, guys light it up in the Western Hockey What League. they need to do with him is, the is what they should have done with Kirby exact is opposite. keep him in the WHL next season. Yep, yep. And then keep him in Rockford for, for like, they're, let it, let, yeah, let's, let's, do, let's treat the Doc Part 2 the correct way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm really we all agree, encouraged by how Kyle Davidson has been patient with the prospects because he had so many opportunities to call somebody up to try to slap a band aid on things and has resisted that and they they did sort of say I think Derek King said uh, maybe about a month ago that the plan is to get Reichel some more games up here but as they look at things as we've been discussing with the uh, Gustafson uh, Vlasic situation which we'll get into here in a minute. Um, they're probably realizing like, eh, there's not a lot of value in bringing Reichel up right now. What's it going to accomplish? Let's just leave him down here. Let him continue dominating, get Rockford into the playoffs, and then just look at next year as a, as a fresh slate. And look, I'm also, as much as I would like to see Lucas Reichel day one next season, if he's not ready, don't force it. Mm -hmm. make, make him force your hand. Don't say, well, let's bring him up and hope it works out. Say, no, this kid has given us no other choice but to call him up, and that's when you do it because it is a rebuild after all, and it means you should not be rushing your top prospects. Right, and and I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of things, but I I feel like his so far his trajectory has shown that he'll probably be that kind of player where he he make he makes the decision difficult, and he did it this summer too in yeah, training camp, no doubt. You know, he he was there towards the very end. Uh, and, you know, sending him to Rockford was probably a, a harder decision for the former GM and Stan Bowman to <laughs> than, than he probably wanted it to be. But I think Reichel kind of forced that decision to be hard, and I think that's probably what's going to happen next season. Um, but I think, I, I think he'll be a, a guy that forces his way into the NHL lineup by next season. But I, anything could happen, obviously you know, see how, how things go. But I, I think he'll be someone who will be in the lineup. It's really tough to evaluate what he's done at the NHL level this season. But I will right. say the games he's played in Chicago, he hasn't been much of a factor at all. Not good, not bad, but not really noticeable in any way. Just kind of out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's feeling it out, getting used to the speed, getting used to line mates and all those things. But I haven't seen, you know, in his call-up, like, oh, wow, he's not going to go back down. He definitely looked like a guy who needed to go back down and needed some more seasoning. So um, I hope he forces her hand next year. As a fan, I definitely want to see him. Right. You yeah. know, like I want I want Lucas Reichel here playing and contributing and just sort of get an indication of, okay, well, if this kid, his rookie season is a 40 points sort of a guy, like, okay, you can start to project, okay, well, you know, in two or three years, maybe he's 50, maybe he's 60 points, and you can kind of, see a, an end game to the rebuild there, but not at the cost of his development. You've got to be sure he's ready to go and coming up here and struggling is not going to set him back 
Like it is seemingly done with. And there's nothing wrong with him playing meaningful games as the Ice Hogs top line center, top line, top power play guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Ice Hogs currently are in fourth place in the AHL Central. They're they got a funky playoff system. Twenty three teams make the playoffs in the AHL this season. Yeah, (laughs) basically uh, the bottom two teams from each division are out. So the, the, the HL Central have five, uh, seven teams, so the top five, but their standings are based on points percentage because everybody plays a different amount of games. It, it, it's so, so minor so league. It's, it's crazy. So dumb. But they're in fourth place with a 535 point percentage, uh, which is only a f- uh, less than 30. You know, the, they got the Admirals in third at 563, so they could still maybe contend for third, but it's not a guarantee. Texas Stars have the last spot at 508. And then you have the Grand Rapids Griffins at 492 and Iowa Wild at 483. So they could be as high as third place or they could be on the outside looking in. And I think for a guy like Reichel and all those young defensemen and some of those borderline guys like an Altibar Maki and a Michael Tepley who's played really well this season, that's a guy that has progressed a ton uh, this season. To get them at least one round of playoff action would be huge. Much better, I think, Reichel playing out this season, getting his team in the playoffs, leading his team to the playoffs, maybe pulling off an upset in that first round against a team like Manitoba or the Chicago Wolves who are who are gunning for the Calder Cup, who have loaded up on some some uh, veterans lately. Uh, our old friend Richard Panic now yeah, playing for the Chicago Wolves. He's back Wolves. in Chicago. So, you know, to get that to me – for Lucas Reichel, that's far more beneficial than playing 11 minutes Absolutely. in Chicago in a game that means nothing and pick and watching guys not shoot the damn puck. <laughs> hey, look at that. Uh, learning some bad habits. Learning some bad habits yeah. of how not to play hockey. <laughs> I don't it, want that. Is it concerning, however, that the future of the Blackhawks is in fourth place in their division in the American Hockey League? Well, they have a lot of the same problems the Blackhawks do. Give yeah. up a lot of shots, don't shoot a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. So, Hello, I like money. I also like money. I think we should talk points bet really quick. All right. <laughs> we continue with the with the Reichel talk. I, I, I love that. Uh, you like that segue? I love that. That's perfect. Thanks for bringing us back into yes, the if business you're, mode. If here. you are enjoying CHGO, and I hope you are, uh, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the points bet app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets for up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you will even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and they'll be happy to help out. And in case you missed it, online signup is available in Illinois, so you can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Speaking of points bet, my, uh, my, my, my favorite trend now to do on sports uh, points bet is to uh, bet all the winners on the NHL slate. I am currently 0 for 3 trying to do those multi-leg parlays. Uh, I, I, I started out pretty good tonight. Uh, but it was screwed up by the Rangers getting toasted by the Islanders. So thank ah. you, uh, Artemi Panarin and the Rangers. Speaking yeah, of we, Mr. Panarin, yeah, he, we he have, a, the, we have the a, quote of the night. We have a legit <laughs> uh, a post, post-game uh, <laughs> quote from Artemi Panarin, and this is from Arthur Staple. Uh, here's the quote. Via translator, 
Artemi Panarin, quote, we came out and shit our pants out there, end quote. <laughs> so if you did not see the Rangers highlights, um, that's what you have to look forward to. I'm sure January in the chat uh, saw that game and it has some more thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a rough one. But speaking of uh, points bet. A, a bread man with a loaf in his pants. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yikes. Um, we had our own little points bet game on our uh, at CHGO underscore Blackhawks Twitter account asking the over-under for Alex Vlasic minutes in this one because oh, yeah. much to the delight of Hawks fans, Eric Gustafson was a healthy scratch. We set the over-under at eight and a half. Seven minutes on the dot for Alex Vlasic, and I think at some point in the third, was it like two minutes and fifteen seconds of ice time? Or what is the point? Yeah, that's the thing. He played. He played seven minutes, three and a half of which he played in the first two periods. What is the point? Yeah, like if you're if you're making this whole point to be like, oh, we're putting Vlasic in and we're scratching Gustafson. Seven minutes does him nothing. Well, you might as well run Seth Jones into the ground. I mean, they basically 51-58 for Seth Jones. Yeah, no, that's not. what is the point? <laughs> like we like we want to see Alex Vlasic play if he's up here. We don't need to see him playing seven and a half, seven, six and a half. Like he's combined for for less than Seth Jones played tonight. He has combined for that in in three games. What is the point of him being on this roster right now? I don't get it. It's it's a body. And until Connor Murphy's back, I think he'll be here because, like we discussed, like, they want to keep the Rockford crew together to get in that playoff race. So, but it is still so frustrating. Like, can't you sign like a veteran guy or something he's, he's to played. come and fill the void? Isn't Steve Pops available? <laughs> no, he doesn't have a jersey anymore. Um, Twenty-one oh four is what he has, has played in three games. So seven minutes a night. You got to ease him in. You no, ease if he's in. not NHL ready, then send him to Rockford. Yep. Yeah, just, you know. Send the Rockford. Maybe you just carry six defensemen until you can't, and then you have an emergency call-up. But it, it's, wow. you know, I, I mean, I maybe know, Hopefully this changes when get Murphy it. gets back. We know he's been skating again. Not He's not taking part. He's not on this road trip. He hasn't taken part in uh, team practices. He's been on his own, but that's a good sign. They got a six-game homestand starting Sunday against uh, Arizona Coyotes. Um so maybe we'll see him at some point in this road uh, homestand, and then you can send him down. But or maybe it's the fact because they were on the road, they wanted to carry seven. Maybe when you get back home to Chicago for six games, you can send and carry yeah, just a six a guy. Up. You can send him. I know Rockford is actually in Tucson this weekend, taking on the Coyotes AHL team. So maybe that you know having your farm team in Arizona and your NHL team in Florida probably wasn't the right time to make that move. I understand that. You get back home, send the kid to, send the kid to, to Rockford. Let him play some actual minutes and maybe learn well, look, something. If, it's, if, the, if the playoff chase is important, wouldn't Alex Vlasic theoretically help? If he's as good as you think he is, you sign him to a, a, a contract, he right. should help. Or isn't it better to have him at least in an atmosphere where the games matter? Like, yeah, I understand being, being in NHL practice is a, is a, is a big deal, but you, do you want to be around an NHL team that is just trying to get to the end of the season healthy, or do you want him around the guys that he's probably going to play with for a good chunk of his career, hopefully, and get them, you know, get him into that culture where the games matter and every game seems like a playoff game, and then 
you know, get some, get some confidence that way. I mean, he's, he's, he's 20 years old. He just came out of college. If he's going to be playing five minutes, if he's going to get into an NHL game and play five minutes, I, I, just, I just don't see the point. Well, how many- put, put, him, put him in Rockford, get him into that rotation of, the, of those young defensemen, and let him play 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, whatever it is. See what he has. And if, he, if, if you give him an opportunity to play 18 minutes a night in Rock, for a few games in Rockford and he doesn't look ready, then, then you just sit him in Rockford. And, and, it's, and it's fine. And we don't have to have these dumb conversations about, <laughs> oh, play Alex Vlasic. Why aren't we playing Alex? It just, it just saves us a headache because then we can say, oh, well, he's in Rockford. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, would you rather see at this point where the season is lost and there's no chance at the playoffs or anything, are you better off playing Eric Gustafson for 11 minutes and giving your veteran who's going to be here for the next nine years and Seth Jones a little bit less ice time? Like, honest to God, like, I know you paid this guy a ton of money, but you don't need to wear his ass into the ground every night. Right, it's not game six of the Western Conference Finals. Exa- he played yeah, more no than reason, half the game. No reason for him to, no. to log 30 minutes. On the second game in back-to-back nights. Right. That's that's negligent. And, look, we, we've we got to go to Derek King on that one, too. Right? Like he's the one ultimately making these calls. And you might say, oh, Mark Crawford's in charge of the defense. And I'll, it doesn't matter. The head coach is the head coach. He still gets the final say. And 31-58 for Seth Jones is reckless. And I don't know if he, if he's being told to play Alex Vlasic, if he just want to throw him a bone and say, hey, you've been working hard to practice. We're going to put you in this game, which I think that can help a little bit with a young player, right? Like it's a little bit of incentive. A little bit. But, man, well, how many spread times, it out. How many times have we talked about, especially in the case of young players, confidence? Confidence mm-hmm. goes so far. Do you think Alex Vlasic has any confidence right now in, in what he could do at the NHL level? He obviously knows that Derek King doesn't trust him to put him out there. And then so what's that doing for him right and now? And then Nothing. when he is trusted to be in the lineup, he he sits for know, 50, still he sits for fifty three yeah. minutes of he a ba- hockey game. He basically gets a front row seat. He won an auction to sit on the bench for the game. Yeah. They, well, they put him out there more in the third because the game was. Game was over. Again, game was over. They knew it. They're they're saying in what bright neon letters, mean? we don't trust you. So yeah. what's the point? Let's wait until the game is decided one way or another. Then we'll put you out there. You're the, you're the uh, cleanup. You know, you're the relief pitcher you put out there in a ten run lead or ten run deficit. Right. The mop up don't guy. Trust them. Yeah. It's, it, it's that does um, nothing for a young player's confidence. So I mean, we're, we're <laughs> I feel like we're we're praising the the approach with development with keeping some some of the younger players down, but then. I just think this is unique, now they're though. doing this and it's just like, okay, like, I understand we can't screw up this guy in the first week of his NHL career, but it's also not starting him off on the right foot. Right. I hope what I hope is, and, and one thing Derek King has been praised for is his openness with players. Right. Mm-hmm. And I hope whatever the reasoning is for the way he's being handled, is at least being explained to him. Like, Hey man, like we know this is not ideal for you. We've got some injuries we're dealing with. We've got our Rockford team in a, in a playoff hunt. So just, Bear with us here. We'll throw you in there a couple times when we can. And as soon as we get healthy, you'll go back down and you'll play. I hope that's the case because anything less than that does have the opportunity to mess with the kid, right? And and if he's not getting a clear message, then that could be troublesome and it could have a a psychological effect. But from everything we know about Derek King, he's open with players, he's honest with players, and he communicates the plan. So hopefully that's what's happening with Alex Vlasic. The problem is like, we don't really – the story is not interesting enough to most people for it to like really get a big follow up from 
the press, but maybe when um, when we're out there, we can ask about it because it is really an interesting. I don't know. It's an interesting philosophy. It's an interesting concept they're using with him, and I do really hope it's just what we think it is with shortage of defensemen and not wanting to disrupt things. Well, I'll, I'll be at morning skate and and at the game Sunday night, and I will ask Derek King, what's the plan for Alex Flasic going forward? Yeah. Is there a plan, and what is it? And why has it been the way it is right now? Yeah, that right. will be that will be my question to it's Mr. King. It's also a weird way to handle a guy who came out of college early and is burning the first year of his entry-level deal sitting on the bench. It seems like a giant Sitting waste. in the press box. Yeah. Like, it, it seems like a giant it's, waste. It's so, it's mind-bottling. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about points bet again because we love them. They're our friends. And if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker and their dope things. Did I say that right? Their dope thing? The <laughs> things are dope. The merch is dope. Is that Strava Coffee? Their dope thing? <laughs> That's different. <laughs> if you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, and maybe you have, this is pretty new. Online sign-up is available now in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now on your phone and register from start to finish all from your couch. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Before we wrap up, we uh, last show talked about our obscure Hawks jerseys <laughs> and on the table is my Adriana coin Jersey because I had forgotten. I went looking for my John Clem Jersey today. Yeah, I noticed it wasn't hanging over the Jordan. Yeah. Jersey. And I forgot that last summer there was a chipmunk living in our garage, just wreaking havoc on everything. Oh, wow. And I dug out a, uh, I had a, like a rubber made, you know, storage thing but it was not totally shut and I opened it and I had three Hawks jerseys in there and all of them were just balls of yarn. Oh, they had just pulled the threads out of the jerseys. One of them was a John Clem, not a big loss, but there there was a winter classic jersey in there. That was the last John Clem Blackhawks jersey in existence. (laughs) I know, I know. So I was kind of bummed to toss it, but it was really gross, um, full of droppings and just absolutely nasty. So yeah, uh, that was also my wife's Theo Fleury jersey was in there. So (laughs) that one's gone. And the Winter Classic was just a blank uh, Wrigley Field Winter Classic one. But I just opened that, and I'm like, oh. That's that's some tough losses. Yeah, I was going to bring in my Nick Letty jersey, but... uh, my old retired Hawks jerseys are in a box that has not been opened since my last move, and I'm not exactly quite sure where it is. So, that is, is it accessible by chipmunks by chance? I, uh, yeah, I hope it not. Away. It's in the house, so there better not be chipmunks <laughs> where these boxes are. But you never know. So, how did I find out it was a chipmunk? Here's the here's the gross story. So, late in the summer, every time I go in my garage, there'd be flies flying around. I'm like where? is this coming from? So I'd pull my garage apart, look in every corner, just expecting to find a dead mouse or whatever. So fall comes and I have the folding table 
in my garage. I open the table and out rolls a chipmunk oh. skeleton. Oh, oh R.I.P. Theodore. Oh, no. I was like, oh, well, that's what you get for tearing up my Hawks jerseys. Did he have oh. little glasses? Was it Simon? <laughs> <laughs> a little green sweater. <laughs> a skeleton. Elvin. In green sweater. Oh, no. But I was like, oh, come on. And that's why I, I just had not opened that table and I had moved it a bunch to look behind it, like in the <laughs> corners. And as soon as I unfold, it was like, blah, blah. oh, oh it's so disgusting. Was he, wearing, was he wearing a little Blackhawk sweater that he knitted, <laughs> he knitted from himself, he knitted himself, oh, himself so a little? What, what player did he have? Steve Pops. <laughs> Probably like Christopher Steeg or somebody like that. He, had a, he, he knitted himself a Jose Theodore. Uh, maybe, a, oh, there you uh, go. There you oh, go. Nice. They're like Dave Boland, a rat chipmunk. They're kind of close. There you go. They're from the same family. But uh, yeah, so RIP. Oh, in peace, uh, little chipmunk, and uh, <laughs> screw you for tearing up my John Clem jersey, which is just a great story. Like, why do you have that? Because I had a jersey addiction. Thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the Adriana Coin jersey here um, is, I don't know if you can see it, but it's autographed on the, on, the, on the first three there. This was in the era where the Hawks had, they were trying to do everything they could to get people coming to games. So you would walk off the L, and there would be Tuomo Rutu with free Hawks tickets that people would be like, yeah, no, and just throw them in the garbage. Uh, and then they had an event during the preseason where they scratched, like, the star players. So Adrian Coyne, Martin LaPointe, those guys were out there. Brent Seabrook was out there. As you got your ticket torn, you would go through the line, and then there would be Brent Seabrook. Like, hey, thanks for coming out. Can I sign your jersey? Can I sign something? And no one knew who Brent Seabrook was at that time. It was, you know, <laughs> 12,000 people in the arena. But that's how far this organization has come. So, yeah. you know, there were dark days not that long ago, and I know they're back. But uh, like we said yesterday, the dig out and the rebuild is is worth it if it works. And mm-hmm. if, you, if the Hawks win another Absolutely. cup in the next 10 years, it'll be worth it. Absolutely. And I brought my, my jersey here. Um, I don't have obscure jerseys. Well, I have you're, a, you're, you're a, not a moron, Mario. <laughs> I don't. I don't have the uh, the the dispensable income to to get you know a, a Judar Kara jersey, which we did find yes, out not as obscure there. as we thought. No, there was. We have uh, <laughs> one of our Twitter followers' wives owns uh, owns one of those and, mm-hmm. and tweeted us the photo this morning. So owns. Yeah, owns it was it was it was cool to see that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, this is my first time seeing the Reebok, the current jersey up close in an authentic form. The Adidas. What did I say, Reebok? Reebok. I'm looking yeah, at the Adidas logo instead of Reebok. Um, yeah, that's pretty sweet. It's yeah, so it's it's pretty good quality. Um, I I will say that I have kind of gotten over the stupidity of the change from the Reebok to the uh, Adidas fanatics. Um, because if you would have asked me a few years ago, I would have given you a 20 minute rant about how stupid it was that fanatics jerseys and Adidas jerseys are made differently and that it's a clear difference in the quality. Whereas when it was with Reebok, you had the authentic, which was like, you know, great quality what the players wear, but then you had the replicas and there were just some minor differences. You really, you know, unless you were looking at them up close, like really looking at like, oh, the seam or, or whatever. Stitching usually. Is yeah. You know, it was right? like, oh, you could tell up close, like, oh, one was high quality. One was a little less quality, but it was, you know, small differences. You, if you put the Adidas one next to a Fanatics one, you, you, the Fanatics one, you'd be like, oh, would you get that China? Yeah. Like it, it's, it looks so and here I go on my rant. It looks so. It looks so <laughs> different. So I it. so like even just to the naked eye, you're like, oh, that's fanatics. That's Adidas. Like it's yeah. 
it's a it's an issue that I, I I've gotten over. But yeah, the 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 Adidas ones, if you're uh, if 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 you're able to, I highly recommend investing in it. Um, I don't know who I would recommend investing in for a Blackhawks jersey right now. Maybe get a, just get a, a blank, get a blank one. one and well, then Seth wait. Jones will be here yeah. for a while. Well, yeah, that's for sure. But he's bad, right, Jay? He sucks. He's terrible. He's the worst defenseman ever. He's also tied his career high for assists. Yeah. So, and I'm sure he's stats be, his, I'm sure he's stats setting be his damn. career high for time on ice this year, too. Oh, no doubt about yeah, that. It's going to be close, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, though. I have a disdain for knockoff jerseys. I do, too. Like, it's one thing to go replica, right? But it's mm-hmm. another thing to be like, I bought this authentic one from a guy's truck at a bar. <laughs> Look, it's like the font's wrong. Taves is spelled wrong. It's, a, it's an upside like, down M instead of a W. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, it actually there, literally it, it is, is an upside down it's, M. It's, it's, there's a difference. W's are wide. It's authentic. It was only 50 bucks. Oh, come yeah. on. You paid. But I think the the Adidas authentics are not as much as a CCM. Like, I remember like back in the day when I had a job, but I lived at home with my parents and no bills. Authentics were like three twenty five. I don't think they're that. Yeah, high the, anymore, the, are they? the price difference isn't as crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that's another reason why I would say if if you can go for the Adidas because it's because yeah the Reeboks were like over three hundred for the Authentics and then the replicas were like half of that. The Adidas I think is under three hundred and then the Fanatics replica is still like one fifty or something like that. I I I. I, I can't say for sure, but I, the Adidas I know I remember was was less than the Reebok authentic ones. I'm looking at um, shop.nhl.com and I see those are a, those are going to be fanatics. A rever- well, this one says authentic Adidas. This is from the Blackhawk store actually. CBHshop.com. There you go. Authentic with no lettering. One eighty. Authentic lettered two forty. Two forty is a good mm-hmm. deal. That's a good yeah. That reminds mm-hmm. me of a joke about Irish chili, but I won't say it on the air. <laughs> Well, you kind of have to now. All right. <laughs> why, do, why, does, why does Irish chili only have 239 beans in it? Why is that? Because if you add one more, it'd be too farty. <laughs> that's nice. my dad's joke for the night. Nice. <laughs> well, uh, I think that's as good a place as any to wrap oh, things we, we up. We didn't do our four star yet, did we? Oh, we got to do our four oh, star of the game. My God. Oh, my goodness. All right, uh, I think I gave mine to Kelvin DeHaan. It feels like a long time ago. <laughs> yes. The red-hot goal-scoring juggernaut Kelvin DeHaan had a pretty solid game today, though, in all honesty. Uh, I mentioned his four block shots earlier, a goal. Uh, he's, he's been playing better. It's just so hard to evaluate this team when everyone's getting pasted all the time. But uh, DeHaan had a solid game, scored a goal, so mine goes to Kelvin DeHaan tonight. I'm going to stay on the Blackhawks' blue line. I'm going to give it to Jake McCabe. Uh, let's face it, the pickings were slim tonight. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but Even though we had the whole lineup. Right. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's had two block shots, which you like to see. He played 24 minutes. Biggest reason I'm going to give it to him is because he set up that play that led to the DeHaan goal, yep. and he did it by exactly what we were talking about earlier. He saw what was out there. He didn't try and force the puck up the ice. They even showed the replay on the broadcast. He just flipped the puck into the zone, made sure the puck got in, and then Kirby Doc made the play, set up DeHaan, who saw the screen. So it was just a nice, simple play that led to a simple approach and a goal. So I'm going to give Jake McCabe my four-star nomination. I'm going with Sam Lafferty. Solely for the fact that he tried to spin around a shot, like I, I applaud the effort. That, that takes stones. I, I love. I, I, I'm, I'm falling in love with, uh, with Sam Lafferty's effort. 
and I, I want him on this team next season. I think he's definitely played his way into at least another one-year contract uh, with the Blackhawks. And yeah, go go off with your with your spin shot. You got to try at least it's a shot on goal, right? Yeah. In a game where we're just we're begging the, the team to shoot, if you got a spin to shoot it, go for it. Still shot line drive in the paper. I feel like <laughs> Sam Lafferty has gotten the most four star votes. At least since I've jumped on. Has Before he caught, you got here, it was Dylan Strom. Has he caught up to Dylan Strom? <laughs> I, maybe. I mean, Dylan Strom had a streak of like five games in you've, a row. You've, tra- you've traded Strom for Lafferty. He's been That's, your guy yeah. lately. But, well, you hey. know. We just got to stop playing these Florida teams, man. This is rough. So who's who's our guy? I'll, I'm, I'll concede my uh, McCabe and, and go for DeHaan. DeHaan, I, DeHaan actually finished the game tied with Patrick Kane in, in shots with three. Can I, can I add this, uh, this, this DeHaan quote? From uh, from the post game here, he uh, he said he said he uh, when he uh, tried to uh, when he saw Hagel on the ice for the first time, he said he he, he gave him a quick hello and then tried to hit him from behind. <laughs> <laughs> so so that was the uh, the welcome that that Hagel got with the uh, his former teammates there. Fair enough. Uh, that that quote alone gives him the force. So yeah, I'll I'll go with Dehan. All right, Calvin uh, Dehan, congratulations! You win some dope CHGO merch. Um, all right, we're going to wrap things up. We are off on Saturday. We're back Sunday. going to be fun. We're going to be at the Hawks game for the first two periods. Mario and I, Greg will be handling reporting duties, um, so we'll make sure we grab some wieners for him up there in the suite. I hear that's where they all hang out. That's right. <laughs> CHGO Blackhawks has been presented by PointsBet. Remember, use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. For Greg and Mario, I'm Jay. We'll talk to you Sunday night on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.